Every customer wants easy. Easy ain't easy. You know, if you think about when an employee wants to go out on maternity leave, parental leave, like there's a lot that happens throughout the life cycle of that process to make sure that the person is prepared correctly, that their benefits stay intact, that maybe payroll gets suspended for 30 days, 90 days, that the work that they do, there's a backup person for their absence, and then preparing them to return to work. That's a complex process, and we try to work with HR customers to make that as seamless and painless as possible, because as an employee, all I care about is my wife's about to have a baby, and we want to take care of that baby. That's what we do. We help HR customers simplify and streamline the services that they provide to their employees. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you with me today, as always. And I've got a great episode for you. I am super excited about my guest today. You know, I like to bring on guests that are that I know, that I interact with, that sometimes I even coach. And then I also sometimes don't know my guest but people that are using their voice out in the world in big ways, people that are interested in voice and understand voice and communication and how incredibly important it is. And that is definitely my guest today. In the episode, you're going to hear the story about how I met Sean Antle and I had the opportunity to work with him and his team Back in February, and it was so, so, so good. They are uh, really an amazing group, and I got to spend the day with them, and it was it was truly a joy. When you talk about coachable people, people that want to go to the next level, people that want to learn, people that understand where there's room for improvement, Sean is definitely one of those people, and so is the team he works with. We're going to talk about them a little bit later in the episode, but let me just tell you a little bit about him. He's from Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he's raising three boys with his wife, Ashley, long lifelong Oklahoma Sooners fan, football fan, and being from Texas, he, we, he st- we're still friends. He still likes me. If you know anything about Texas and Oklahoma football, you get the you get what I'm saying. And he's also a St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan. He's been an HR consultant for 25 years with the last six years serving HR customers in employee in the area of employee experience. He's an employee experience evangelist in the ServiceNow ecosystem. And the work that he does is fascinating. And I think you're going to really, really enjoy hearing from him, not only to find out more about him and the work that he does and the value of the work the Anti, the company he works for, brings, but just just to hear him talk about communication and what it takes to be a great communicator. 
Let's head on over to the show. Sean, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you with me today. Great. Thanks, Tracy. Really good to talk to you today. Yeah, it's so great to see you. And I know in our time together, we're going to talk about how we met and communication and all these things. But I always start with having whoever my guest is introduce themselves, tell us who you are, what you do, a little bit about you, and then we'll just go from there. Okay, great. Hi, everybody. My name is Sean Ansel. I'm a business process consultant uh, with a, an HR consulting company called The Anti. Uh, we, we work with HR customers to, per, to help them provide better service to their employees. My goal is to make HR as easy to, to interact with as the Amazon app on your phone. That's, so if you think about what it's like to deal with HR and how cumbersome or complex it can be, if you can make it as easy to use as the Amazon app, we're, we're, I think we're in a good spot. That's, that is, that's awesome. Yeah. That, so I think I finally have the elevator pitch down. <laughs> so, uh, well, I think that was great. And I think that what you, I still don't totally understand what y'all do. I think it's, it, to simplify, you are simplifying, but I think some of the things that y'all dive into to make that simplification happen is complex. Or is that right. just my perception? No, you're exactly right. Because every customer wants easy. Mm. Easy ain't easy. If we, I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, if you think about, you know, let's just think about uh, when one of uh, think about when an employee wants to go out on maternity leave, parental leave. Like, there's a lot that happens throughout the pro that the life cycle of that process to make sure that the person is prepared correctly, that their benefits stay intact, that maybe payroll gets suspended for. 30 days, 90 days, uh, that the the work that they do, there's a backup person to take care of, the, to, to backfill for their absence, and then preparing them to return to work. You know, that's a complex process. And we try to, we try to work with HR customers to make that as seamless and as painless as possible. Because as an employee, all I care about is my wife's about to have a baby and we want to take care of that baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so we work with. That's what we do. We 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 simplify. We help uh, HR customers simplify and streamline the the services that they provide to their employees. That's really what it is. Um, actually, I wrote a blog about it recently. In that, you know, in every industry that provides a service, there's a cost. Mm. Like you go to a restaurant and you order something off the menu, you're going to pay for that. They're providing that service. Or you take your car to the mechanic to get the oil change, that's the service they provide that's going to cost you a certain amount of money. HR doesn't charge for their services. They don't have to. They don't. They just provide them. So a lot of times, it's customers have a hard time articulating the services they provide because there's really no cost to them. It's just, that's just what HR does. So we help them define those distinct services they provide so that they can track them, they can record them, that employees get the answers they need and get back to their day. So that's really kind of, that's the nutshell of what we do is, is help our customers de define what those services are. Mm. 
And it's all computer. Like you mentioned the app. If we can make this as easy as the Amazon app, that's a big part of it, right? Is developing these systems to make it easy. Right. It, yeah. It's it's configuring and developing the software. We we're we're a partner with a software vendor that that provides kind of the, you know, the code line, the 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 code that does the thing. We just configure it to meet the business requirements of the customer. So there's already we don't write the software, but we can you know we configure the software to to make the the process of delivering those services to their employees more straightforward. Yeah. And it's yeah. all customized, just kind of like this work that I do, because every voice is different. Every Exactly. Every voice is different. Every customer is different. There there are commonalities, mm. right? I mean, you mm-hmm. have commonalities with the mm-hmm. people that you, know, uh, that you talk to, but there are nuances to those commonalities that, mm-hmm. that play out from customer to customer or client to client in your case. And that's, that's what we do. Um, you know, because Customers asked, well, tell us, surely we're not the only company that does it this way. Well, you might be. You yeah. might have four or five little wrinkles to this process that I've, that I've never seen done before. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to, you know, so you bring, I bring the experience of 20, 25 years of doing this to say, oh, well, I've seen it done kind of like this and kind of like that and this over here. So we can accommodate, I'll figure out a way to accommodate your process, even though it is kind of nuanced and unique to you. Um, so that's, that's you know, that's kind of the fun, that, sort of the interesting and funny part of the job is, is you get, um, you get customers who are saying things like, tell us what we should do, or what's the best practice? Like, well, there mm-hmm. there is no best practice. It's like, what's mm-hmm. best for you? So, mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, do, yeah. that's the fun part. Do you find that people that they, well, and I'm, and I, we're going to be all over the place because I've got communication questions and, and all mm-hmm. kinds of things, but do you find that they want you to tell them what to do? They say they do. Okay. They, for almost, almost to the customer, almost, you know, from one customer to the next, tell us what we should do. Be more consultative. Prescribe to us the, you know, the, this, you know, what, what you think we should do. But a lot of times it's tell us what we should do until we don't want to do it. <laughs> no, it, it it truly is the you yeah. know, lead a horse to water. Yeah. Um, you know, so so that so there's a certain amount of diplomacy that goes into that, you know, because mm-hmm. I tend to retreat from those conversations because mm-hmm. like you you're hiring me and, and my company as the experts, but you're not heeding our advice. Like, okay, you're gonna get what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, that, that give and take the compromise, the diplomacy that goes along with that to, um, you know, getting the customer where they need to go, even though it may not be where I would, how I would want them to get there. That's that sometimes that's the challenge of the, of the gig. Yeah. Well, and you're using the word diplomacy and it almost makes me think about influence and persuasion. Not totally, manipulation, but influence and, and influencing. It makes me think about the architects that I've worked with over the years. And a lot of times they do want to influence a project, but a lot of times they want to present the information, give the best information, but they really want the client to make the final decision. Would you say that's different? Because it sounds more like 
this is the best choice, but then you might end up with pushback. And then that's when the influence and persuasion piece really kicks in. Yeah, I, th- I think the latter, what you just yeah. described. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we could come to the table with predefined solutions for a laundry list of services that HR can provide. And, you know, maybe maybe 30 or 40% of those are going to work right out of the box. Uh-huh. And then we, you know, then we have to work with them to figure out, okay, where, you know, show, you know, help us understand why these won't work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just, then we go from there. And people want things fast is what I, it sounds like. The, the, I think we live in a world where we live in an instant world. We live in an Amazon prime world. What do you mm-hmm. mean? I can't get it today. Does that play into any of this that people want things faster? Or are they realistic about the process? I, I thankfully they're more realistic about the process because at the end of the day, this is software. I mean, this is, and, and yeah, a yeah. lot of times for customers, this is a tectonic shift in the service delivery experience. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we're taking customers who operate in email and spreadsheets and sticky notes where things fall through the cracks mm-hmm. to rationalizing all of that into a piece of software that gives them visibility into the into their processes that they've never had. Yeah. That's massive. That's massive. So when we say this is going to take four months, six months, maybe a year, just depending on what the scope is, that's palatable because they get it. Like because mm-hmm. they have not only are they changing the service delivery model, they're changing the software. They're also they also need to come up with a communication plan on, okay, now, Mr. and Ms. Employee, this is how your life is going to change. And, oh, your manager's lives are going to change, too, because of how of the introduction of this tool. Uh, so there's a lot to it. And thankfully, it's not, well, why can't we have this tomorrow? Yeah. So you don't have to battle that, which right. is good. No, there, there are, I mean, granted, there are some times where, like, especially during COVID, like we were coming up with solutions literally over a weekend to get things, you know, um, functional, spinning up a portal where somebody can go log in and, and, you know, declare themselves safe or, or report a sickness or whatever, you know, so that, you know, the that capability or, and then the the software has the capacity to do that. But our type, our projects are typically more transformational to the company than just you know, then like, oh, well, yeah, we'll do this in a week. Like, Yeah, that's good. I, it made, as you were talking about that, it made me think about, I wonder to what degree of resistance people are struggling with, with that kind of change. I know I've come in before and, and a lot of the things that people bring to the table from a communication standpoint is, well, I can't get them to get on the same page with me. There's conflict around the new system or the new way. Do you do you get met with much resistance, or maybe the people you train end up getting met with more resistance? I I think it's the latter mm-hmm. uh, because the people that we deal with, they you know, they already there. Those companies already have buy-in from okay. their executive level. Right. And like, mm-hmm. this is a, this is the direction we're going. Yeah. Uh, and 
get on, you know, get on the wagon or don't. Yeah. But the, the, I think the traditional roadblock is just long-term adoption of the tool mm-hmm. by people in the field who have mm-hmm. to use it, who have to make the request, who have to consume the content that, that HR or the organization is publishing out there. So we focus on the experience of the end user, not necessarily just HR. How are, because we, we view the product as, an, as, as a way to engage with employees, mm. not just provide them service. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and create a compelling experience that they want to come back to day after day. Yeah. And I hadn't really thought about it until this conversation, but I work with people in HR departments and now it's all basically coming together. There really are a lot of moving parts that you probably aren't thinking about. The employee is not necessarily thinking about when they like take the maternity leave, how many moving parts are in that right? right. for HR. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll use the Amazon analogy again. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you use the Amazon app on your phone, there are 150 systems behind the scenes that wow. take care of whatever you just ordered. But you don't know that. All you know is that you order the thing and the thing gets here same day, one day, two day. That's it. That's all you care about. That's all. So where I'm going with that is that is the experience that employees expect. Yeah. Especially as the the younger generation becomes part of the workforce. They expect Mm -hmm. that. They expect to be able to find an answer and get back to their day or they don't want to have to... uh, you know, they don't want to have to navigate through a phone tree to try to get to a voicemail, you know, and in, you know, somewhere to leave a voicemail. Like, they want to get answers. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, because at the, you know, at the end of that whole scenario is if they can find the answers that they need, they can get back to taking care of your customers. Mm-hmm. Taking care of your customers makes you money. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, though, the whole thing is shattered now because I always had, you know, I always really believed that when I made my Amazon order that they like saw it come up on a computer right there. Like there's a guy standing there waiting for my order and he puts it on a conveyor belt and it comes to me. So the whole illusion is shattered now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, that's a pretty amazing supply, you know, supply. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine all the moving parts. And then you have same day and I get it today or I get it tomorrow. I just can't even fathom what well, is behind that. Like, is, is it coming UPS? Is it coming right. on an Amazon truck? Is it coming through the United States Postal Service? Is it coming from UPS to the United States Postal Service? Then, yeah. you know, the last one, like, yeah, like, I don't care. It, yeah. It kind of gives <laughs> me a panic attack, even just thinking about it. Right. right. <laughs> how, how much they have to manage. Yeah. But I guess so much of it is systematized, like you're saying, like right. the systems that y'all create, where it is that easy punch a button, even though we don't realize it, the system, there's a system behind it. Well, that, that is the illusion, right? That, yeah. I mean, like you said, that is the mm-hmm. illusion. Like I, um, the, the, the employee doesn't care yeah. who takes care of their request. They just want it taken care of, yeah. um, you know. One of the one of the things that we try to solve for that customers typically try to solve for is just onboarding a new employee. Like, okay, is that major? 
you've rec- yeah, you've recruited somebody, they've accepted an offer, they're going to show up tomorrow. Well, you got to get them a badge, you got to get them a laptop, you have to get them an office, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to sign up for direct deposit, they have to enroll in benefits, they have to this, 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 and this, and this. And onboarding can take, it can start two weeks, maybe a month before they're even their first day and extend 90, 120, 180 days after they start. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a six to seven month process, potentially, with little yeah. checkpoints along the way. But it's a, wow. but that's, but yeah, it's those type of long duration processes that we try to help customers yeah. figure out how to do better. I, yeah. You know, a lot of times it boils down to just one or two things. Like I, I worked with a customer last summer that their main goal was to get somebody their laptop two weeks before they started mm. so they could be productive on day one. They yeah. don't because customers don't want they don't want their employees sitting around twiddling their phones for the first couple of weeks until you figure yeah. out okay who they report to and get their email up and running. It's like no right. like this is 2023. We can we can we can make that process better. Yeah. How did you get into this? How did you get into this work? On the golf course. <laughs> Okay, there's a story I want to hear. I sure, I sure did. I sure did. So it was it was 1998, uh, and I was in civil engineering. That's my background, mm, civil engineering. Okay. And I was working for a, a municipality outside of St. Louis, and I was working construction. I was a construction manager for uh, a public works department. So mm. I would work construction hours at 7.30 to 4.30, and I'd go home in the summer, and I'd go play golf. There was a nine-hole golf course, like literally three minutes from my apartment. I paid six bucks, you know, the resident fees, whatever. And I got paired up with a guy one evening on the golf course. Now, at the time, I was, my roommate worked for a consulting company, and he was traveling every week. Go out Sunday, come back Thursday, every week, every week, telling me, you know, working on all these great projects, going to these really cool places, working with great customers. And um, when I got paired up with this guy on the golf course, you know, over the course of nine holes, I just got to know him. And he's like, hey, it's, you might be somebody who would fit what we're trying to do. Why don't you send me your resume? I'm like, okay. I didn't have any IT experience. I had no consulting experience. And two months later, changed careers. Wow. So in September of 1998, I changed careers. And... That following, uh, and then got right into HR. Oh, so okay. I was more of, I did, a, I was a technical kind of coder initially. Then I slowly evolved into more of a, a functional consultant. It's like, okay, how does HR work? How do we want the software to work so that HR can do their thing? So I, I did a lot of, most of my, most of my career in HR has been more on payroll systems and, and typical oh. HR systems, yeah. right? It wasn't until six years ago when I joined the Anti that I switched my brain to start thinking about service delivery, yeah, you know, and, and, and employee experience and those type of things. Uh, so it's been, yeah, it's been a, a long haul. I'm coming up on 25 years in the industry. Wow. I can't hardly believe it. Wow. Yeah. And you've been with the anti twelve years, I think you told me. No, just, or no. just six. Yeah, oh, six. Okay. Just six. Yeah, okay. we 
Uh, I joined the Anti two months after we were founded. So we're coming up on our six-year anniversary in July. Uh, so I joined in September, and I'm one of the I'm one of the original ants, yeah. as we, as they, we yeah. call ourselves ants. So, yeah. yeah. What What do you like? Employee experience? Do you like it? A lot? I do. Yeah, I I, I do. I, I've you know it ebbs and flows. You know, yeah. sometimes just the you know the the complexity of a project just kind of you know, wears on you, but um, I, I have a great appreciation for it um, mm-hmm. because I've had really bad experiences as an employee mm-hmm. and I've had really good experiences mm-hmm. as an employee, but I, mm-hmm. but I understand and evangelize the power of the, of the platform, of the software, because yeah. um, it's easy to talk about. Yeah. And it's easy to demonstrate and show like, hey, like, yeah, I can, I can tell you all day but if I can show you what this does, mm-hmm. it's a lot more impactful. Uh, and that's that's probably where I, that's probably the thing I enjoy most is being able to show customers and watch the light bulb start going off above their heads. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I get it now. Oh. Well, you're a problem solver. You like yeah. to solve problems and, and help people. Yeah, I think so. Um, Sometimes I wish they would listen more, <laughs> but yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, I think we all wish people would listen more in so many realms. What, what, is, what does the anti stand for? You've told me before, but tell the listeners the anti, such an unusual name. Yeah. So when our founder was, was trying to come up with a name. He, met, he was meeting with his marketing team and they just interviewed him about, hey, what do you want this company to be? And everything that he described and everything that we built into our culture is almost the opposite of the traditional consultant experience and the consulting firm experience. We want to, you know, we want to, we want to be the antithesis of mm-hmm. the big boys. Mm-hmm. We want it to be easy to do business with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to anticipate what's next. We want to continually be forward-looking and anticipating what we want to do. And so that all of those themes coalesced around this, the name of the anti. Like, we're the mm-hmm. opposite of, we want to try to be the opposite of what, uh, you know, the typical kind of big, because a lot of the big accounting firms still have consultant, you know, these types oh, okay. of consultancies. And those are, honestly, those are our competitors. You know, and there are a lot of other boutique kind of specialty firms as well. But, um, and I think we've done a good job um, as far as, like, you know, you you talk about contracts for work and, um, you know, master service agreements and NDAs and all of that. Like, yeah, we do that because legally we have to, but it's not this long, arduous process, Um, you know. And I think we true. I, I think what really differentiates us is we truly partner with our customers. Mm. We're not we're not just order takers. We don't. Yeah. We 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 off, oftentimes we say we're the tour guide, not the taxi driver. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I've and heard you say one, that. Yeah. Like don't number one rule of a tour guide: don't lose your group. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think y'all care. Very much. That's one of the things, and I'll tell you all in a minute how I met Sean, but I think that's one of the things that became real clear real real early on when I met you and your team was that y'all really care. 
Yeah. You're, you're real invested in, in the work that you do and the people you work with. Totally. And I, I think that's what, uh, that you, that's the number one thing is that we care about each other first, mm-hmm. which then makes it, then that just, uh, you know, overflows into the relationship that we have with our customers. It was very unique. And I work with a lot of teams and not that other teams aren't like that, but it was, so I met Sean, I'll tell you the story and I'll, I'm going to call myself out on one of the most embarrassing things I've probably done in my professional career. I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. So there was a gal that had been in a program of mine and she had recommended me to another gal. That gal wanted to work with me at some point. She went to work for the anti. She went to her leader and said, I want to do Tracy's program. And the leader said, Tracy's program? Maybe we all should do Tracy's program or something like that. And a conversation started. And what we arranged was for them to come to my home here in in Central Texas for the day. And I would work with them all day. And it was, I'm going to have Sean talk about it because it was the first time I'd done it. And it was really, really, really cool. But they, we, when they got their cars, they stayed in Austin and they got their cars and they came down and I had run the dog to training because I, she couldn't be here for the day. And then I stopped to get coffee and I get a text and the leader says, we're going to be there early. And I was like, how early? <laughs> and so I got home and I was like, I got to get this trash out. And I opened my back door. And they were all standing there and I'm holding a bag of trash. (laughs) And I was like, hey, y'all come on in. And somebody at one point said, did you plan that? And I said, no, it was literally, it just happened. And a conversation came about, about how to be okay when it completely goes off the rails because that was not the intention that I wanted. That was not the first impression necessarily that I wanted. You open the door and, and you, you know, your, your guests are standing there and you're holding a bag of trash. But I almost think it was part of the magic because it set the tone that, hey, this is, we're just real. We're just real people. Right. But I want, I want to hear you talk about that when I open the door <laughs> or the whole experience, really. Well, well it was a tension breaker. Yeah. Which, which I, you know, I, I didn't have any tension. There were a couple other, a couple of people on the team were like, okay, what are we getting ourselves into here? Yeah. Um, and, but I, but I think whatever tension was there was just dissipated. It's gone. Because yeah. it was just organic. It just happened organically. Mm-hmm. And what, and what you mentioned a few minutes ago is that one of our, what we like to talk about is being comfortable, being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. because that's where we are with our customers a lot of times. Because mm-hmm. we we get hit with we get hit with questions that we've never been asked before. Yeah. Um, but the but the you know so for me, walking in the door to your home was uh, completely relaxing. Mm, good you know and i i you know i don't know if that's and i well i'm, I'm sure that applied to all of our team because if you remember like we all just kind of found our places and yeah 
Somebody uh-huh. got a chair and a couple people sat on the sofa and some other uh-huh. people sat around the, the, the dining table and you had the spread of snacks and coffee and juices and all of that and fruit. Uh, and like, hey, we're just going to go hang out with Tracy for the day. Yeah. Uh, and so what? whatever you had done to prepare your home for that came across. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like just yeah. completely relaxing. Yeah. Uh, and which then allowed us to be as vulnerable as we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's hard. Now, but that, but at the same time, we all trust each other. You know, we, yeah, to go we're close. We, we care about each other. Mm-hmm. We trust each other to, enough to be that vulnerable around each other. And I, and I thought we had a pretty open conversation yeah, yeah. all day. From the start, from right. the very, very beginning. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, I had certainly, done a lot of planning. No, I didn't tell anybody in typical Tracy form. I didn't tell anybody what to expect. They didn't get a syllabus. They didn't get a handout. They didn't get a download. So I can only imagine when they showed up that they were like, what are we doing at this woman's house? What have we gotten ourselves into? But I had already had videos of them. I had already, I had everybody do a video intro. In fact, one of the people said, I couldn't believe it when you asked me about the drink that I wanted. You already knew about the drink that I wanted mm-hmm. because it had been mentioned in the video. Mm-hmm. And so I think that one of the most valuable things about that, and it was really a test to see, do I want to do, you know, well, I, th- I thought it was a great thing, but I thought it would give me a lot of data on, is this a good thing to do? And you all gave me the data that, yeah, this made us feel like we were just guests at your home. Mm -hmm. But your comfortableness with each other allowed for me to do my best work. And what did y'all do to get so comfortable with each other? Was it time? Was it because y'all were, I mean, everybody immediately started sharing and interacting and being willing to do the work that I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. Um, first of all, that's that is an intentional part of our culture. Is that mm. we have regular meetings, Zoom, Google, whatever, but video. We like to be on video. We encourage mm-hmm. people to be on video. It's not required, um, but we have to because we are virtual. We are remote. We have yeah. to crank that up even more. That yeah. engagement level. So there's that. That's a that's a consistent thing we do, and it's an intentional part of our culture. And number two, we had had an offsite, I guess, what was it, eight months prior to that, that I hosted here in Tulsa. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that we had, uh, we got a co-working space downtown. Oh, cool. And, you know, we, uh, it was, it was, I, wish I wish I had time to describe the whole thing to you, but we, we were in Tulsa for three days. The oh, third wow. day was just... Let's go explore Tulsa. Let's go do some cool stuff. Let's go have some good food. Um, but we locked ourselves in a conference room at this co-working space yeah. for two days. And we, you know, we cycle. How do we want to, okay, what, let's determine how we want to work. And let's, what are we going to do? How are we going to work together as a team? What are we, how are we going to contribute to overall success of the anti? And I think it bonded us. I think that mm-hmm. was a critical opportunity to, to bond together. And then when we came to your place in February, we actually had two new members 
that, that weren't with us in Tulsa. Oh. You know, so, right. So, um, so it was, it was just a, it was, it's just a natural fit. Now, if I could go back upstream even further, we are very specific in who we recruit and who we hire. Mm. Our acceptance rate is very, very low. So we go oh. to great lengths to make sure that the person that is going to come to work for us, that, that of course, they're a good fit for us, but we're a good fit for them, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, the gut level honesty, the openness, the vulnerability is not for everybody. Right. Oh, for but, sure. But we view it as a key component to our success as a team. And I will put the eight of us up against anybody else in the business. Well, I can, I can believe it because if one person here that day had not been all in, it would have, it wouldn't have changed the way I taught. It wouldn't have changed really anything, but it would have changed that level of vulnerability. Yeah. It would have changed that level of, I'm not afraid to say this to Judy. I'm not afraid to say this, you know, it it would have changed that. It would have tempered it a little bit. And I think that takes courage. But I think it is so well worth it. Totally. To be able to have that open communication and to trust that people have your back and trust that people are going to go, hold on a minute, you got that wrong. And and do whatever you need, you know, say whatever you need to say. There's yeah. got to be some freedom in that. Well, there, there totally is. And, you know, once once you get past not taking things personally, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's you know it, it all it, it all kind of coalesces around trust. It really does. Yeah, I've, I've said that several times. You know, without trust, you can't be vulnerable. Without trust, you can't get gut level honest. You can't you can't really grow. You can't get closer yeah. to somebody if you don't trust them. They're always mm-hmm. like at yeah. arm's length here, right? Yeah. Um, so. I, and and but again, I think it goes back to who we hire and the process yeah. that we go through to make sure that somebody's a good fit. Well, but I got to give you all credit, the willingness to go there, because like mm-hmm. you said, this this vulnerability thing, this being on this team isn't for everybody. It's just like my work. Some people don't want to go the place I want to take them. They just want a little bit of voice technique. Right. Just let me practice a little bit. Well, no, I want to unearth the why behind it. Right. And some people don't want to do that. Some well, people... if you don't do that, it's you're just faking it. Totally. It's totally. the technique so I can fake it. Like, yeah. Well, no, I want to understand why you use that tone or you use that yeah. that phrasing, you know, the, the phrasing there. Where is that coming from? And that's what really set it off for me. It was like, because I'm, and I'm sure some others on the team were that way. Like they're thinking back to when they were a kid. Oh yeah, specific scenarios that oh yeah cause them fear or rejection or you know, mm-hmm. and all all of a sudden you know over time the those walls of vulnerability. Oh get yeah, put up. oh yeah, yeah. Do you think that? And I mean, it's almost a a ridiculous question, but maybe the instead of asking, do you think that? Maybe the question becomes, how does that? benefit your clients the fact that y'all are so close and are so open and are so supportive i would think there's a trickle down effect into how you work with your clients from that level of support and connection yeah 
Our, our number one goal is to become a customer's trusted advisor. We say that mm. all the time, trusted mm-hmm. advisor. Mm-hmm. If we can't accomplish that, then we haven't done our job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I really think that comes across with not just our design team, but as we interact with our technical consultants, our client partners, our project managers. And if we can really get that cohesive team from top to bottom, it takes that the customer sees that there is no wall to get through to us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I do. You know, you know, we're not, cause we're not, you know, we're not Harvard MBAs walking into the room. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, well, what I, what I also like, what I like to say is there are no, we have no peacocks. There are no peacocks yeah, on the team. It's true. And I, and I think that's, I think that comes across as genuine and it, yeah. and it, it's it it's calms things down or or things never escalate to a point where they're combative. Like, right. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have some very hard and tough conversations that are not easy for anybody. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's confrontational. Like you do have to have those hard conversations. Sure. Um, but I think, again, I think because of the level of trust that we have with each other, we know that we can have those conversations and not fear reprimand or fear retribution about it. Yeah. Like, I got your back. You yeah. Have my back. We're yeah. in the foxhole together. Whatever metaphor you want to use. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that all of y'all were, were very receptive to being coached, to feedback that m- might, not be the, might not be exactly what you want to hear. You know, I, I tee things up with, you may not like what I have to say, but I'm going to shoot straight with what concerns me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like everybody was so receptive. And I think that's a skill in itself because we fight the ego and we want to, well, we want to believe that we're great and do all these things great. And sometimes it's hard to take that feedback, but I felt there was a hunger for that with your group, which I think is so valuable. Yeah. 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 One of the couple of things we that I focus on, whether it's for me or when I'm interviewing somebody, is I want to know two things: Are you coachable, mm-hmm. and are you loyal? Mm. Like, and lo- again, loyalty is a function yep. of trust. That's right. If I know you're loyal, I can trust you. Mm-hmm. And if I know you're coachable, well, you're not a peacock. Like, right. Like, if you think you know it all, bye. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard to deal with that. Right. So, and we've had a few of those and they're not mm-hmm. with us anymore. Yeah. Do you find that 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 those characteristics are what create what well what again, let me rephrase the question. What do you think the greatest challenge is that you deal with not in communicating with the team but out there with the clients? I know you've mentioned a couple of times they don't always listen, but what are the, the the challenges that you face as a communicator out with all completely different kind of people? I I find that I have to explain the same concept mm. differently from customer to customer because mm. we ask you know we go through okay what services do you have well what's a service. Okay, let me break it down for you or let me show it to you. And so I, I think 
Yeah, because because the the software that we implement has its own terminology and it's a new language, right? Mm. And I, so not only is the software new, but this tectonic shift of technology into you know a different software application and a and changing the way that HR delivers these services. It's my challenge is trying to get them to understand what we're trying to do, yeah. you know, and figuring out, because I, I feel like I have to constantly assess, are they, are they tracking? If they're not tracking, how do I get them back on track? Yeah. Without going on a 10 minute monologue. Yeah. Which a lot of times just loses, you know, loses your audience. Yeah. Like he's saying yeah. a lot of words and he's like, nobody's he's home. Right, nobody's home. <laughs> like, I, you know, he lost me two minutes in. Yeah. So I, I think that's what it is. It's just trying to figure out how to articulate the concept in a way that they can understand. So those, I want the light bulbs to go off as quickly as possible. Yeah. It, it, to me, it sounds a lot like teaching a group when you're, everybody's at a different level. And you're almost having to teach to the individual within the group, which ha- will happen a lot in my group. Sometimes I'll have people that they've been doing video for three years. And then I got somebody that is terrified to do video. So you've really got to speak to the individual within the group. You have to navigate that within the differences, not only within each client, but client to client. Right. And that is that is the hardest thing to yeah. do virtually. Yeah. Vir- you know, especially when 90% of the people aren't on camera. If I'm in a conference room, I can make eye contact with you and and explain this thing for 30 seconds and then I can scan the room and I can see if people are tracking with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do that on Zoom very well. And a lot of your people don't go on camera. Right. And and sometimes it's just crickets. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it wasn't like what I said was a hard thing to understand. It's just, they don't have anything to say. Like, okay, I'm moving on to the next thing. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting. I know I'm going to have to let you go in just a minute, but I want to circle on back to one thing that you said about how often y'all are blindsided. Mm. Is that, tell me more about that and tell Tell me what you, how you navigate that because, you know, you know how I navigate. I want everybody to feel blindsided all the time because yeah. I think the world blindsides us all the time. It's in how do we manage that? How do your clients and, and scenarios blindside you? Well, they'll, once they really start to understand the, the capabilities of the software, the gears start spinning. And they just start coming up with ideas, <laughs> and which is which is great. That's exactly yeah. what we want them to do. We want them to understand yeah. it and, and to that level. But at the same time, we're also managing to a statement of work with very defined mm. deliverables. So part of our assessment is is what they're asking me in scope. If it's not, how complex is it, and do we? Do we put it in the next release? Do we create a change mm-hmm. order? You know, so we're constantly trying to monitor what they're asking us. Like, can mm-hmm. we accommodate it in five minutes worth of configuration? Or is this going to be a five-hour design conversation that we're going to have to put off until 
the next release. So yeah. for me, and I would I would probably talk to the rest of the team, there that's what we're constantly trying to assess. Yeah. In the moment. Like what what's the threat level here? Like, you know, it's yeah. like Iron Man's got a missile coming at him. Okay, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's in, that's but I think that's the way the world works. I don't think yeah. it's just y'all. I think it's uh, I mean everybody. We want to believe that we have control and it can be all planned and prepared and right. calculated and it just doesn't work that way. It's how do you how do you know what to do in the moment? Right. But it's, it's like a it's like a quarterback assessing the mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. Okay. Am I going to hand the ball off? Am I do I need to get the ball out of my hand in half a second? before I get pounded. So you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're, you're reading the room. In real <laughs> time, total yeah. real time. And that can change in a split second. It, right. right. And I think that just boils down to trusting that you're going to know. Exactly. Yep. No room for, for questioning there. You just have to trust that you're going to know, I think. Yeah. Well, Sean, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, this is, I, I love it. I, I want to do this. I'd love to come down and see you again. Get the team to come down and see you again. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be great. Yeah. Well, thank well, you so well, much for, for letting me be on the show. Uh, yeah. It. Well, I loved having you. I loved working with the team. I know the team's going to be listening. So I'm giving a big shout out to all of y'all. Y'all need to get on back down here. Bring everybody. Sure. Bring everybody. We'll do it again. I'll get the trash out before you get here. Awesome. Great. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, listeners. It's always great to have you with us. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com. And be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.